Welcome to another edition of Baseball Chatter. We got Logan, Derek, and Edward on today. Edward, man, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Pretty good, man. Thank you for the invite on this. I'm excited to talk some baseball with you guys. Oh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Logan, how you doing? Good, man. Something to look forward to this week. Love talking baseball with you guys. And Derek, how are you doing? Good, good. It's good to be back. Derek actually went to a hockey game yesterday. How was that? Uh, it's not very good. <laughs> <laughs> Who ended up even winning that game? Uh, the I went to the Ontario Rain against the San Diego Goals, and uh, the Rain won. I think a seven to three. I want to say it's pretty oh, like high scoring game, but wow. yeah, obviously not the uh, result I wanted. Wow. Yeah, seven to three. Jeez, Louise. Football score there. Low scoring football game. Chicago Bears score. <laughs> Let's start off with our moment of the week. I'll begin um, last week on Saturday. Uh, I got to see Kershaw um, pass Don Sutton for the all-time Dodger lead in strikeouts and just kind of being there and seeing the atmosphere there was just it was unreal. Once he tied the record, literally every single batter, two strikes on the whole the whole stadium was standing up just waiting and Man, I think he had two strikes on like four batters before he actually got it. Everyone just kept either getting a base hit or a little jam shot that just goes up the line. It was crazy, but uh, he eventually got it. Unfortunately, Dodgers did lose that game five to one. But just seeing him kind of just continue to cement his legacy as one of the greatest pitchers of all time, certainly probably the best Dodger pitcher of all time is just just amazing. I'd like to also bring something up on that topic. I mean, yeah. seriously, what he's been able to do. I'm a Giants fan, and what he's been able to do is something, like, un- unheard of, man. I mean, that guy has just, year in, year out, just been special, you know? And regardless of the postseason, unlucky, or the, his his uh, unlucky postseason, you know, innings or whatnot, he, uh, he's he been he's been great, man. You know, it's just little hiccups here and there, but – on on that note of the strikeout, I didn't see it live. My buddy was at the game. He sent footage. Did Kershaw keep the ball in play, or did he get rid of it? Does anybody know that? Uh, so it from if you look at the footage, it looks like he gets the ball back and then he starts going. But um, throws it out. I hope the the uh, catcher Will Smith or no Austin Barnes correction because he's a little person or a catcher. Once he caught the third strike, he did throw that one away, got a new one from the ump. So the footage, if you're like watching it, it looks as if it's uh, like he didn't get that ball or he did get the ball back and he just kept going to work. But yeah. that ball did get thrown into the dugout right away. Good. I saw the footage from – he was in like left field. I was like, all right. It was like 30 seconds after two. And Kershaw was like tipping his cap. And I was like, I think he still got the same ball. I was like, no way he's throwing that back in there. <laughs> yeah. Imagine next one just homer right there with that same ball. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That'd be insane. Uh, Edward, what was your moment of the week? Oh, man, I have to say the two rookies, uh, Witt and uh, Julio Rodriguez, hitting their homers. I think that's something special. I like when I see these guys coming up and doing something special like that. Uh, but I also, talking about the like the ball moment, uh, Bobby Witt's home run. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Harrison Bader threw it into the fountain at the Royal at Kauffman Stadium. He like threw it in the water after Witt like hit the home run. Did he really? And so you could like see the you could see it like bounce back onto the field, and Harrison Bader just grabs the ball. It's Bobby Witt's first home run, just throws it into the water. 
and then obviously like they got it back but um (laughs) i'm gonna have to say those two like i like derek knows this but i'm a big fan of julio and bobby witt and i think like always watching those guys the future of the game and come up they're just different now it's just a different breed of athletes but yeah i think i think with bobby witt like he's coming into a team that's really not that good but has a lot of potential and i hope that he can like turn that franchise around so especially with guys like salvi going out and then gordon going out a a little bit ago you know these are guys that you're gonna change the game and with julio coming into a team that's already good that's going to be something fun to watch and be pretty special too i know he hasn't been off to the hottest start but he'll get there i i think i think he's he's a pretty well-rounded player and um should be, I think it'll be good for the game. A lot of these, a lot of these young guys coming in. Yeah, agreed there. Yeah, both of them not, not as off to a hot start as they both would like. Do you think any of them, either one of those two, finishes with the AL Rookie of the Year though? Mm. I think Bobby Witt has more of a chance than Julio, but I, I really just, ah, that's a tough one. It'll be close, but I think Bobby Witt has a – I think Bobby Witt's going to be the one that ends up, like, doing it, like, winning it. So, yeah. but right. – He hits in a better spot of the order for Kansas City. Obviously, as you said, plays on a team that really has no expectations. So, it's going to get more playing time. And, you know, Julio, if he doesn't do well, there's guys like Kellenick on the Mariners and Jesse Winker and all these other guys that could continue to be slotted in there instead of him. So – well, it's a little bit easier. A, there's a lot of guys too. Like, there's obviously Jeremy Pena. There's Torkelson. There's Joe Ryan. Like Joe Ryan, that guy's off to a hot start. Yeah, he's probably in the lead right now for Rookie of the Year, I think. No. So. Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan as well. He got, he got his first homer too, didn't he? Yeah, he did today. Yeah. Yeah. So that was impressive or too. Last night, I guess. Yeah. Matt Brash. Matt Brash is another one. Got, yeah. Uh, MJ Melendez got a debut the other day. So, and the league's was, in a good spot with a lot of these guys coming up, and even the guys that are like <laughs> that are still young, like Soto and Vladdy and Tatis, when he comes back, it's just unreal. A lot of young guys are just really, really good in the game right now. It's ridiculous, Derek. Your moment of the week, uh, I gotta go with the, the New York Mets combined no hitter, it's a pretty good one. I mean. It's not, it's not often you see a no-hitter in general, let alone a combined no-hitter. I think the last one we saw was the was it the Cubs no-hitting the Dodgers last year. I was actually there for the game too. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, you don't, it's not often you go to a game and you see a team put up zeros in the hits, in the hits uh, department. So I think that would be my moment of the week, especially because uh, apparently none of the pitchers except for Edwin Diaz knew at the time that they were throwing a no-hitter. So I, I bet that had to be pretty nervy for Diaz when he was pitching in the ninth. I don't know. Is that is that true? I feel like a lot – because even when the Cubs got the no-hitter, Kimbrell said that he went out there in the ninth and he didn't know there was a no-hitter going on. I feel like well, – I, th- I think somebody told Edwin Diaz is the thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, there's got to be some pressure. If you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's – Yeah. I don't know. That's I mean, no, it's in your head. You don't want to be the guy to blow it, you know? I mean, if you're coming out of the bullpen, I'm pretty sure, yeah, you're watching the game, but a lot of times those guys are just hanging out in there doing their thing. I don't know if some of them know or some of them don't know, but probably not thinking about it. Yeah, try not to, I'm sure. 
Does the combined no hitter make it less? Um, I don't know. Some people say the combined no hitter is less impressive. Obviously, seeing a, a no hitter with just one guy is very impressive because that's one individual feat going out there and doing it. But does the fact that you had how many pitchers did the Mets have? One, two, three, four, five guys go out there and combined in the no hitter. Does that make it less impressive? No, I think it's still impressive. Like when the Dodgers did it in Mexico a few years ago, I thought that was so extremely impressive. And it's still, come on, now you're not allowing a hit in the game no matter one, two, ten pitchers. It's still yeah, extremely so. incredible. Hmm. Now give me a combined perfect game or something like that and we'll be, we'll be talking. But <laughs> I, I agree there. I think it, regardless of the situation at hand, it's, it's an incredible feat, man. It would be cool is if they do a combined no-hitter with, like, nine different guys each going in the inning. Bullpen day? Just a bullpen day, and they go go out for a no-hitter? Jeez. That would be impressive. Who's going to be the team that does that, though? Who's I'd got say the-, the Rays. The Rays, yeah, probably. Yeah, 100%. 100%. I, they almost had a combined no-hitter. I, I mean, technically, didn't they have nine no-hit innings? Yeah, they and did. Then they, and then they give up. They the, gave up a, a double, or uh, Bobby Delbeck hit a triple because Brett Phillips tried to dive and catch the ball. So I mean, be the worst feeling ever. Okay, you go nine. You, you go nine no hit innings there, but it doesn't count as a no hitter. But I think in a doubleheader game, Mad Bum went seven innings and it counted mm-hmm. as a no hitter. No, I don't think they counted it. No, no? It those don't count. The doubleheader uh, okay. ones don't count. Yeah, I mean they will now, obviously, right? So they just say seven no-hit innings? Yep, probably. Mm-hmm. But it's back to nine, isn't it, now? For doubleheaders, oh. yeah. Okay. That's insane. What do you, what's your guys' take on that, on the no-hitter from Bumgarner? I think it should count. I mean, that's, right. that's kind of the, that's the league's fault for committing to seven innings for doubleheaders. I think it should just be nine. I don't think it makes that much of a difference, seven or nine innings. Do you guys, right. speaking, of, speaking of Mad Bum, uh, we should talk about that topic from yesterday with the umpire. You guys see that? Yeah. We're like checking his hand and he wasn't even like looking at him. And then it's like, yeah, it's just, that was crazy to me. I don't like Mad Bum, obviously. Most Dodger fans don't. Max Muncy owns him. Uh, but <laughs> Go get out of the ocean. I, yeah, I just think like that's another situation. Like yesterday, I forgot who the other pitcher was, but didn't check his hand, like basically just looked at it and said, all right, you're good. And then this guy's massaging Mad Bum's hand and just tossed and just him out. Staring him dead in his eyes, just waiting yeah. for him. I think, I mean, it starts with, I, I went back and watched uh, the f- complete first inning. And there was a, like, from the first pitch, I think that Bumgarner threw, he kind of like tilts his head and like is pointing with his hand, like where'd that one miss from the first <laughs> pitch of the game. And, and you know, Mad Bum's kind of always been, kind of like that he's a little aggressive and gets frustrated pretty easily I think and he's a competitor so he's going to want to execute his pitches and if he feels like he got a strike then he's going to wander you know where did that miss things like that so obviously first pitch of the game you probably don't want to be saying something like that but uh I think it stemmed from that and the first base umpire just trying to back up the home plate umpire and kind of do something there and then yeah I'm didn't like it and then he's tossed so. I'll agree with that. I mean, the early frustration is a little much. Um, I certainly think that, like, 
especially we talked last week, we hit on it about the umpires and all the issues that they've been having with strike calling and whatnot. But um, it's a little, I think, uh, unprofessional on the umpires side of things to um, toss them out of the game. Yeah. I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, you make the game about yourself. Like you said, I, I don't know if they're going to find him or he's going to, there should be some, um, you know, uh, league action taken to, uh, against the umpire, I believe. I mean, he didn't even look at his hand, you know, and Bumgarner told him, I think John Boy actually posted a video of it on Twitter about him, like saying how Bumgarner is like, come on, man, like, what are you doing? And then he was like, take that F and <laughs> that F and protocol to the minors where the kids are. Stuff oh, like yeah, that. Yeah. That's funny, dude. I, I mean, I don't, I, if you don't like Matt Bomb or you're upset that, you know, he, he, uh, he was showing you up a little bit earlier in the game, like just talk to him about it, you know? Don't be, don't be that guy. Just say, hey, man, like that's, you know, a miss here. Like be firm with your call and that's it. Move on. But he kind of, kind of was a little sour towards him. And, uh, you know, Bumgarner ain't going to take that. Oh, not at all. Logan, did you have a moment of the week? I did. Don't don't fire me for butchering this guy's name. Okay. Uh, Guillermo, how do you say the last name? Heredia? Heredia, yeah. Heredia. That catch that he made the other day was unbelievable. He hung on the wall for that one too, huh? Yeah, I watched it like 10 times. I'm like, no way he catches that. And he, he almost, if you, if you look at, I mean, obviously like, you know, the Mets, that was great, but oh man, I just, that focus on that. Cause he caught it like backwards, like behind his head. I don't know, man. I, I think to, to stay focused like that is pretty, just for one play. I was like, wow, that's impressive. They could have hit him in the back of the head and went over like Canseco. <laughs> that would be, that would be a moment of the week in and of itself too. But I think what was most impressive about that catch is he goes up there, kind of scoops his, hand up there hangs on the wall while making the catch exactly you know he jumps a little bit early and just hangs up there you're right he was hanging on the wall and i'm like man like to stay like hanging on the wall like elevated and then you you kind of somehow put your glove behind your head you're not even looking at the ball at that point yeah i just i just watched it right now like that's crazy in that little corner too that's insane the ball was hit high who hit that was it mcneil that's um, let me look again. Pretty sure I think it was, but I mean, he even was like, Oh my gosh, he caught that. But I, I think plays like that, or the bias play, even I mean, you see plays like that, and you're like, Wow, like that's these guys hit three, some guys hit 300 in this league with defense like that. Impressive, yeah. It was McNeil that hit it. Tough break, yeah. All right, next topic for us here, as you know, MLB kind of has been messing with the baseballs this year yet again and putting them in in almost all state I think all stadiums have like a humidifier of some sort a humidor something like that right um I know Coors Field used to always have it due to the high elevations but every stadium having that now and it's caused us to well at least the media talk about a quote-unquote new dead ball era so currently the runs as of two days ago they were sitting at an average of 4.04 per game, which was the lowest since 1981. And teams are averaging 0.90 homers per game down from 1.22 last year 
and 1.39 in 2019, where they set so many home run records. So obviously the ball has been changed a bit, but do you think we are in a new dead ball era or do you think players will adjust or do you think MLB will say, you know what, eh, this isn't good for the, for the sport. Let's, let's stop changing doctoring the baseballs. Anyone could take this one. Who's interested. I'll go. Uh, well, I mean, um, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Chris Bass on the Mets, he said that he can tell uh, the difference between uh, the different types of balls that the league uses, and they can already tell, like, based off the seams and just feeling the ball. If it's one of those doctored balls, if it's just like a regular quote-unquote ball. Um, but I think uh, we've definitely seen a decrease in the amount of – well, not the amount of offense, rather, but definitely the amount of home runs, like you said – um, especially going back to, uh, was it like the 2018, 2019 when home run the balls were just flying out of the stadium. Like you could bunt the ball and it'd just be flying all over the place. Uh, but I think they definitely do need to stop messing with the balls because this is probably like the second or third time within the last five years where we've had complaints about the balls being changed up. And not only is that bad for the pitchers, but it's also bad for the hitters. I mean, Pete Alonzo, that's a guy who's been hit quite a lot pretty often. And he's concerned about pitchers not being able to grip the ball properly because that can end up somewhere in your face or some other sensitive area. So I think they definitely need to stop messing with the balls and kind of just let things uh, pan out the way they've been going. Edward, uh, we've been seeing a little bit more bunting as of late. Uh, I think in the Dodgers Giants game, the Giants actually bunted for a base hit in the ninth inning off Kimbrel. And obviously a lot of it is due with, these new baseballs here and trying to change the approach, maybe doing some hit and run, finding the gaps and bunting guys over. Is that better for baseball or worse for baseball? I mean, I'm a small ball guy. Like at the end of the day, you got to win a ball game. And like, for me, it's like, if you have to bunt the baseball over to score your runs or move, move the runner, like that's fine by me. Um, I think it's different when you're up like nine, one, I think it was the Padre giants game when they were up like seven, one or whatnot. And Padres laid down a bunt. And then it's just like, what are you doing? Or like, I, I don't remember who it was, but like, it's like, at that point, it's like, that's ball game, you know? But mm -hmm. at the end of the day, who knows actually, because of what happened last night, down seven or tonight and they won eight, seven. So anything could happen. But I think I, I don't mind it. I don't mind playing that way. I don't mind doing, playing the game. To me, it's still playing the game the right way. So I don't see a problem with it. Um, I don't think... I, say, I don't think it's the, the wrong approach if you're trying to play that way either. Like you're not trying to like hurt anybody's feelings or anything. You're just playing the game the way it should be. Like swinging on 3-0 is not a problem to me. Like at the end of the day, you're trying to win a ball game. So, yeah. Logan, how about you? New dead ball era or are we overreacting? Uh, I don't know, man. They've been trying to do so much of these, you know, the home runs and everything. I think – I think pitchers, obviously, I, I was a college pitcher, you know, and I think pitching, man, is just, it's just dominant now. Like, these guys are freaks, you know, obviously the hitters are the same way, but they got to find a happy medium, you know what I mean? I, I do, I think Edward touched on it, or maybe Derek did, the point of, you know, guys not being able to find the zone, that's scary. Like, these guys, they don't throw 85, you know what I mean? Like, you're, you're throwing a ball 90, 95 plus, and you don't, you know, 
you lose grip, especially in some of these stadiums because the ball's different or it's not what you're used to. It's, it's a little dangerous. But, I mean, obviously the fans want to see the offense, right? You know, the, the baseball – you know, the deep down baseball fans want to see pitching duels too. But, I mean, I don't know. For them to try to, you know, make the game more exciting or more enjoyable for your everyday fan, I, I think they got to make adjustments, you know. I think the home run – home run ball now is like such a like popular thing in baseball rather than like the old school small ball you know hit them over button or hit and run all the stealing and all that stuff I think obviously the game's kind of evolving and changing a little bit I think you know with that maybe not juice them like they used to be you know in that shortened season but I don't know man that, that's kind of my, where I'm at I'm just like hey figure out some sort of balance you know yeah I think Balance and consistency for sure. Uh, oh. Can't be changing it year to year. As it's just, you just don't know what products you're going to see for the entire year, let alone month to month. Um, as we enter the, well, as we are in the month of May now, um, we got to see the first month of baseball pan out. Uh, at the moment, we have two New York teams in first place, the Yankees and the Mets, as well as the two LA teams. Angels and Dodgers. What is the likelihood that we get an LA New York World Series or a New York New York or LA LA? Zero. Yeah. Zero. I would say okay. Very close to nothing. Okay. Edward, any chance? Any higher than zero? I would like to see it. I would I'll like to see it. Whoever, whoever wants that, I'll book it. <laughs> Name your odds. That would be huge, right? Yeah, I, I would like, I would love to see it, but I, I don't see it happening. I don't. Well, I can tell you the team from Anaheim won't be there. I can tell you that, but I, I don't see it happening at all. Logan, who's got the best shot of those current four teams? Who's got the best shot to make it then? Well, I can't ignore pitching. Um, it's early. Uh, I, obviously, the easy answer is the Dodgers. I mean. Through and through, I think they're the best roster that we've seen in maybe all of history. Um, I, I would like to see. I would like to say I like the Mets too, because you got to think you got a series. You know, they're starters, man. They're, they're starters are no joke. They got a decent pen. Um, Still doing this without Degrom too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like once he comes back, if you're in an elimination game and you got Degrom, you're getting seven solid from him. You know, so so I like the chances there, but I'd say Dodgers Mets. Okay. And I also like their offenses. Uh, you know, the Yankees more so live and die by the long ball. Uh, we've seen that play out the last few years in the playoffs. And, you know, it's uh, they got a lot of pressure on the men. You know, you got to win the game with the home run. And I don't know, just haven't been able to do it lately. Oh, I'm a big fan of that Yankees team, though. I really like a lot of guys on that team, and I think adding some more veterans. Pretty good. They need a little bit of more pitching, but I think Derek and I discussed this. Is, I don't even know who's playing catcher for them, like right now. Like that's another thing I don't even really know. But I, I would like personally, I would like to see a Yankees Dodgers World Series, but I don't think that'll happen. That'd be fun. That would be. That would be good. That'd be good. Uh, the ratings would be through the roof for sure. MLB would want that for sure. 
As we as we finished out April and entered May, we saw a lot of players performing and a lot of players not performing. Derek, give us one player that kind of surprised you or has just been so impressive in the past month, and then one guy who has just been the complete opposite of that. All right, for my guy that um, I think has had a really great April, I would go with Kyle Wright from the Atlanta Braves. This guy was picked fifth overall in the 2017 MLB draft out of Vanderbilt. Uh, this is potentially his first full season in the MLB. He's had cups of coffee from 2018 to 2021. He exceeded his rookie status, uh, I think it was last year, I believe. But he had a 3-0 record in April. Uh, he's got a five-pitch mix, curveball, fastball, sinker, changeup slider. He's been using the curveball a lot more as his primary pitch this year. As compared to last year, he was actually using his fastball as his primary pitch. He's been kind of upping the curveball usage against righties, and he's been using the fastball a lot against lefties. So he's trying to switch it up on uh, batters, depending on which side of the plate they're hitting from. He's been really, really good at getting whiffs on his changeup. That's been kind of his put-away pitch. And not only that, all five of his pitches, he's been able to up the velocity on them this season compared to last season. So I think Kyle Wright's been really, really impressive, especially because the Braves have been struggling a lot. Uh, Charlie Morton hasn't been exactly the best. Ian Anderson's been kind of on and off. Max Fried has still been pretty good, but I think Kyle Wright and also the Braves bullpen, they've been really carrying them while they've been struggling. He's been the last guy to kind of, sorry to cut you off there, but he's been the last guy from the Atlanta staff to kind of blossom. We saw, obviously, Freed um, coming to his own, Ian Anderson a couple years back in the playoffs, and then obviously last year during the World Series run. Um, and then Morton has just been a big game, big game pitcher uh, ever since he went there and even before that. Um, but Kyle Wright, I remember when the Dodgers came back from down 3-1, in 2020, wasn't he the pitcher who pitched, I think, game three and couldn't get out of the first inning? I, I, I'll take your word for it. I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'll take your word for it. For him to bounce back, because I remember he was starting that game. And they put up, I think, 11 or 12 runs in that first inning or something like that. It was outrageous. But for him to bounce back from that, because that was probably one of his first starts, um, first playoff start, um, and to bounce back from that and – have a tremendous month to start this year. It's been awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then for my guy that has been not so hot in April, I've got to go with Joey Votto. Um, the Reds obviously are not a very fantastic team, but Joey Votto has always kind of been that consistent guy, even when the team's not been doing very well. But this season, he's just not been very good. He's batting 122 right now. His slash line is 122, 278, 135. So it's definitely the worst start by far of his career. His contact rate is 70%, definitely the lowest of his career. Um, the good thing though, is that they don't really have a farmhand that's kind of close to developing that they could kind of bring in to take over for him. But it, it looks like father time might finally be catching up to Joey Vaughn. I know it's, it's only been a month, but uh, the, the signs have not exactly been promising for him, especially after he had such a good season last year. Yeah. I mean, uh, another thing that's working against him is how hard is it to like get up and, and, and try to do your best when your team's three and 22. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, um, especially you see it a lot too in like the NBA or even the NFL uh, when teams are not doing that great and you're not having fun. It's hard to kind of perform day in and day out, especially with the MLB season being so long. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
other seasons like the NHL, NBA, NFL, 162 games and you're losing like maybe one out of every three games or even two out of every three games, honestly. It's, it puts a damper on your spirits every time you walk into the clubhouse. I mean, they're close to having the worst record in all of baseball history. I'm looking up right here. It says 1899 Cleveland Spiders went 20 and 134. What league is that? <laughs> Back in 1899. Um, Another Ohio team. What a surprise. So <laughs> poor Cleveland, man. Um, but they 20 and 134. I was obviously less than the 162. Um, but I don't know. They, they, they got to win more than 20, right? I would hope so. <laughs> Maybe by forfeit. <laughs> by forfeit. <laughs> Edward, Edward, who's your, who's your player from April? Uh, I'm going to have to go J-Ram, man. He had a he, – what a month he had. Um, Cleveland, Cleveland looks like a, a team that's right there. Like, they're on the border for me. They just he's, – he's leading the charge. I think he can – honestly win the MVP this year with the way he's playing. And if he long may continue, cause I'm a big fan of him. Um, I think just the month he produced pretty incredible. Uh, give me one second. And, and I'll add on that while you look for what you were looking for. But I think I saw some report today or early yesterday that he told um, guardians ownership that like, Hey, I, I want to stay here. It doesn't matter if you guys don't have the money to like keep me. He said like 150 million versus 200 million contract isn't going to make that much of a difference. He's still going to be able to, you know, live the life that he wants to live. Uh, but 150 and staying there means more to him than 200 elsewhere. So to have a guy like that, that's committed to the team, uh, really the organization nice, is, is kind of hard to see nowadays. I think I think just like he's a leader over there too. Like he's, he's one of those guys that people are going to look up to and lead the clubhouse and be like, they're going to surround him and to, to have the year that he's having for, for like the month that he's having was pretty incredible. Um, yeah. To turn down the money. I think that speaks to volumes of who he is as a person as well, because it, I think it's just a change over there as well. Like they, like they need some pitching. Their pitching is not that great in my eyes, but mm -hmm. I think, I think with some of the young guys they also have as well, um, he's he's a good he's a good veteran for them. Uh, is that, about, it was one hundred fifty million that he got. Yeah. How about your how about your least or your guy that hasn't been performing? Uh, I would say for me, uh, I'm going to say. After the year he had last year, I'm not a big fan of the way Salvi's performing. Mm -hmm. I think I think that's one guy that's had a really rough April. Uh, obviously, he knows how to turn it on and get like get a little bit better with that. He also had like uh, he exited the game the other night with a hit by pitch, but he after the year he had last year, he put up career numbers, had record breaking numbers, had franchise numbers for the Royals. Uh, I just think his performance so far has been pretty poor. But I think I think he's 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 enough of veteran to turn it around. I think he will turn it around. But 
it's not enough right now, especially with that, how that franchise is already going. They're not the Reds by any means, but I feel like they're pretty close to it. <laughs> That's scary. Uh, Logan, how about you? Yeah, one guy that stood out in the month of April and one guy that you think might be heading down to AAA. I mean, I don't know about AAA, but Hoskins for me hasn't been, you know, up to par. I mean, he, he's been struggling a lot, man. Um, kind of a big part of the Phillies lineup. He's in 187, two bombs, 31 strikeouts, you know. I was hoping for a little more consistency out of him. I have obviously the Phillies doing really well this year. Um, a lot of guys liked him, you know, for offensive statistics to lead some categories, some home runs or whatnot. But I don't know. I just I, – I thought it was going to be a big year for him. He's got quite a bit of protection around him now. Um, you know, and I think that offense is pretty potent. But just really hasn't been doing it for me. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he – you know, if he gets cooking or whatnot. But hopefully it's sooner than later because I know a lot of Philly fans are, you know – they're a little ruthless over there, uh, but I, I totally get it. You, you got the high expectations for your big dogs. Um, uh, I, I think for players that have pretty or impressed me, I would go with Verlander um, to start. I mean, man, he's been solid. There's a few pitchers that have been lights out, you know, but with him coming back from TJ, I think that's a pretty big task, you know. I think he's doing well. You know, he's a veteran. He's obviously their their dude leading the charge. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at guys like Logan Gilbert, he, he's dominating. Um, but for me, Verlander, man, you know, he's just uh, – he's been nails. He's got 33 innings pitched. You know, he's got a 1-9-3 RA so far. He's doing well. Uh, offensively, I'm going to go with Machado. Uh, the Padres right now, obviously, without Tatis – um, they're, they're not playing to the expectations of, I guess, Padre fans and, you know, some baseball fans. They got, they got a lot of, a lot of people high on them this year. Obviously, I think a few of us are too. Their roster, you know, speaks for itself, but I mean, he's been solid, man. Yeah. I think he's leading the league in hits so far. He's got, let's see. Like, give me one second. Man. He's got 35 hits, hit 365. Five bombs. I mean, dude, he's playing really well. Um, so it, it's good to see him back. You know, I, I thought, you know, he was kind of enjoying his large contract that he got. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, it's it's good to see him. You know, I think he's I think he's back to being healthy and uh, I think he's ready to, you know, hold down the Padres until Tatis gets back and then they'll both carry them. Yeah, no doubt. The, the two guys that I, I put down for this, um, guy that's been underperforming, and not by, well, I guess to his standards, it'd probably be by a lot, but uh, is Max Muncy. He's hitting 151 right now. Did get his third homer a couple nights ago against the Giants, um, so hopefully that might be something to start him up there. But 151 and slugging only 315 for a guy that, at least through his career, has shown that he could probably put up an OPS over 900 um, career at 850 and just not the amount of production that you, you expect from Muncie um, hitting right in the middle of that Dodgers order. 
Uh, and the Dodgers offense has been probably their weakest point uh, compared to their pitching staff this year. Uh, obviously they're still a first place team and everything's going well. Um, but uh, he's the guy that I think I expect more from. And the guy that has been surprising um, is Byron Buxton. This one's for you, Edward. The guy's a monster. And I, I was really scared because maybe about two weeks into the season, he slid in the second and then slammed his helmet. And it looked like he was going to be out for a while and only took maybe a couple days, couple days out back in the lineup. And then literally <laughs> hits the, hits a tying home run. Right. And then yeah. a three run walk off Homer, which Edward was there to see. And you said it was the, the longest stat cast Homer uh, in the walk off history, right? Walk off history, which I think, I think mm -hmm. I did see that report on that too, but Byron Buxton has been the guy for me um, that has stood out for, for the month of April. And I mean, he did it last year in April. I just, I just want to hopefully see that sustained throughout an entire year. And I think every, every baseball fan wants to see that for sure. But uh, we, I think we got Jacob to just join randomly here. What's up, Jacob? Oh, just listening. Hey, today. Yo. <laughs> What's up, yo? The AL MVP race is going to be fun to watch this year. It's going to be I insane. Really it's going to be a, there's a lot of guys there's a lot of guys that are going to go for it this year yeah we're we're about to wrap this up it's just jacob joints but um we will go around one more time what's the one thing you're looking forward to this upcoming week jacob do you, do you have something already for us or you want to wait a little bit uh give me a second all right anybody have something ready to go that that they're excited to see one thing, one thing that I'm excited to see is um, on Sunday, and I hate to say I bring up the Dodgers again, but it, I like the pitching matchup between Bueller and Stroman on Sunday. Dodgers playing the, the Cubs out in Wrigley. Um, and Stroman was really good in his last start. Um, trying to pull up the numbers real quick. And then Bueller obviously has been probably – and they put out a graphic for the Dodgers starting rotations. He has the second best, or correction, the second worst ERA on the team right now, but it's like at a 2.1 or something like that. So that goes to show you how good that rotation is. Um, but his last start for Stroman went six innings. No, check that. Seven innings, two hits, five strikeouts, no runs um, at Milwaukee. Um and correct me if I'm wrong. I think he went up against Corbin Burns in that matchup and kind of went toe to toe with him. Um, and the Cubs won that game. So Stroman coming off of a, of his best start of the season and then going up against a tough lineup like the Dodgers, I think that should be a fun pitching duel. Derek, you got something? Yeah, I got something on Saturday. There's a couple good pitching matchups. First we got, the Brewers against the Braves, Corbin Burns going up against Max Freed. That should be a really good one. That could be potentially a playoff matchup we might see in the future. Uh, yeah. We also got NL Pitcher of the Month for April, Pablo Lopez, taking on Sean Manaya and the San Diego Padres. So that should be a really good one as well. And then also we have the Tampa Bay Rays and the Seattle Mariners taking on each other this weekend. I think both of those guys will be – or both of those teams, rather – will be in the playoff race toward the very end. So I think that could be another preview of a potential playoff series as well. Logan, how about you? What are you excited for? 
Um, Milwaukee, Atlanta's got a good series, like you were saying. That's a good pitching matchup. Uh, I think that's what Friday, Saturday, Saturday. Excuse me. Um, I, I like Chicago and Boston. Um, both teams starting to, you know, uh, maybe not get in a groove, but you know they're kind of getting settled in a little bit. Dylan Cease is going to be towing the rubber on Sunday. Um, he he's been pretty uh pretty solid his last outing. I know he did pretty well. A lot of K's from that guy, but he's going up against Michael Walker. Um, I, that that to me kind of stands out. I like Boston's offense, you know, and I want to see what he can do against you know against that lineup. Um, let's see what else. I believe there are a few more that are pretty solid as well this weekend. Um, Tomorrow, yeah, Cardinals Giants are still going this weekend, which is nice. Um, let's see who do we got tomorrow. Scherzer throwing tomorrow. Always fun to watch that man pitch and Cole. See what Cole comes back with this uh, this week. But uh, oh t- uh, yeah, you're right. Toronto's got Cleveland tomorrow. Gosman versus Bieber. I'll, I'll be I'll be tuning on that one. I'm e- I'm eager to see how that one ends up. But that's a good pitching matchup in my opinion. Edward, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I'm. Obviously, you know, being a Dodger fan, I pay attention to NOS, and uh, I think I'm actually excited to – I'm probably going to actually tune into this tomorrow when I'm at work. Uh, Rockies, D-backs, Kelly against Chad Cool, and both of those guys have been pretty good for their teams so far this year. It's like the group of death, the NOS right now. Everybody's above 500. Everybody's been playing well. So, yeah. um, Chad Cool, 3-0, 1.90 ERA, 17 strikeouts start off the season. And Merrill Kelly's 2-1, 1.27 ERA. And Merrill Kelly, I, to my, I think personally, he's a little bit underrated. He's just playing in a really bad team. Um, but they also look like they're on the turnaround. He's a good pitcher, and he's showing it. So uh, that's like one of those underrated matchups. I think a lot of people just kind of blow over. But Rockies have also been off to a really, really good start this year. Playing really so. well. Absolutely. CJ Cron's been dominating for them, huh? Yes. CJ Cron has been really, really good. Um I give the Rockies a lot of stick, but I think I think this year they they're turning it around hopefully. And I like seeing that out west just be an absolute dogfight. Like I like when all yeah. those teams are competing, and just to like see everybody go after. And it's going to be a fun year for that as well. But that that's a good matchup. And then I will say that Toronto matchup's huge. That's going to be fun to watch. And then. Mets Phillies also going at it this weekend too. So, which we already had a good little taste of that tonight. So, uh huh, can be good. Jake, what about you? What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm actually looking forward to you know Dodger bias. Uh, they're playing the Phillies next week from Thursday to Sunday. Mm. So that'd be a pretty fun series to watch. You know, see what the Phillies can do against probably the best starting rotation in the MLB. They worked. Mm-hmm. They worked hot today. Yesterday, I don't know what we're doing, but no, it'd be exciting. That's my matchup. Yeah, that is a good matchup to watch for. All righty. Well, that'll do it for another edition of Baseball Chatter. Logan, Derek, and Edward, thanks for joining us. And Jake, thanks for hopping on at the last second. Hopefully, Doctor <laughs> Strange was not a disappointment. I'll be watching that shortly as well. We'll see you all next week. Take care. Thank you.